Spring? Is that you? Warmer temps mean new Allbirds styles. Meet the Super Light Collection, the lightest ever shoes from Allbirds, now in fresh colors. These must-have travel shoes have a lighter-than-air feel and barely-there fit that made them the most packable shoes ever. That means more comfort and less baggage. Try the Super Light Tree Runner with a cushy foam midsole and breathable eucalyptus fiber upper. Plus, they're comfy right out of the box. So what can you do in a Super Light shoe? What can't you do is the better question. And because they're super packable, the real question is, where are you taking them? Experience how Allbirds redefines comfort. Visit Allbirds.com and use code SUPER24 for a free pair of socks with a purchase of $48 or more. That's A-L-L-B-I-R-D-S dot com. Code SUPER24. Recorded live. Okay, I'm back. Hey, Mike. Hey. Oh, went well. <laughs> the other one. But um, you can go back and listen here and see what happened. So. Yeah, I was waiting for this lady to come back because I wasn't recording it. And I said, well, let me record it because the question she's asking Maybe uh, it can help somebody else as well. So, who's helping her? Well, at first she asked me a question. I was helping her, but I was finishing up my exercise. So Jeremy started talking to her, and then I I'm just getting back, you know. So, anyways, I hope she come back. So, she do. We can help her out. If not, oh well. <laughs> it wasn't being recorded. In that it may be much funnier to listen to Jeremy Helper. <laughs> if, if he can stop drinking long enough, I hope. And I think that's what he's doing. Sure, sound like it. But uh, I on the call and drink. I called in right before you ended the call, I guess. I left the room, came back, and the call was over. But uh, I called in, and I I heard her keep trying to tell a story, and Jeremy kept interrupting her. So I, I got no idea what she's talking about now. Oh, basically that she called before. I don't know if you remember her, that uh, her neighbor's house caught on fire, and... It was so hot, it sort of came to her house and melted her TV and melted um, uh, the refrigerator, I think she mentioned. And there was a lot of soot in her house. But it's important because I told her I'm a contractor 
She said she cleaned it with bleach, but I told her it's probably best to paint it because you would use a a stain blocker first, you know, and then go ahead and paint it. But she said it wasn't hers, so I guess she's renting, so ain't but much she can do about it. So, anyways, that's where I got so far with her. Well, whoever's house it was that burned down should have insurance. I would think that all her expenses should be covered under the other person's insurance. Probably not because uh, they have something called the homeowner insurance. That's for the owner. Then you can get apartment insurance, condominium insurance. She she can get her own. The house that burned down was probably insured by somebody. Correct. So that insurance should cover any damage to her house. You mean her stuff. But sometimes... Any of her property, any expenses, the insurance should cover. Well, they... I don't think the insurance do because, I mean, I've heard of cases and they have something called apartment insurance. That's got nothing to do with it. If your car blows up on the street and it damages my car, you pay or your insurance pays. Right. It's not, it's not my fault. The people who house caught on fire, that insurance should pay her. Yes. Not the one that who own her house. But no. The other people house caught on no. fire and damaged her, they need her to landlord, pay her. Her landlord didn't melt her TV. The fire of the house next door melted her TV. So the insurance yep. next door pays for it. Yep. The owner is always liable. Whoever's property does damage to somebody else's pays. Mm-hmm. If it gets out of your yard and bites me, you pay. Not me. Mm-hmm. Well, this is why I was trying to get over to her. So, But unfortunately, she's not here right now. She she couldn't sleep, so I was like, okay, well. <laughs> yeah, and I was talking to uh, Jeremy, tell him, Mike told you don't mention his name. Oh, but I like Mike. I said, that's not the point. Well, you like Mike, you don't like Mike, Mike bad, Mike good. He asked you first, you not mention his name. <laughs> he said, no, he just didn't want me to have a conversation with him at the time. I'm like, whatever. You guys need to know how to act in the public. And law fan cap button there, and I'm like, see. Yeah, but I I see this. out again as usual. So I, I tell you this every day, that they do this stuff every day. Every single time Jeremy comes on, every single time law fan comes on, it's the same thing for five hours straight. Every single time. So I muted them out. That's what I did. I had to mute them out. And I told them I'm not trying to be mean. I'm not trying to be rude. But I'm talking and you're talking over me. And Lord said, well, you don't mute them out when they call a nigga like Tyrell. And them. I said, well, I don't mute them. I'll mute them out when I wish to. And then he said, but you mute me out. I said, this is why I mute you out. You're cursing me out. <laughs> and then he came on. He called he said, I'm an agent. I said, sure, I'm an agent Cause, and I'm of the government. Sure, because I govern myself, my government. 
<laughs> well, my point <laughs> is nobody has the right or authority to speak on my behalf, and Jeremy doesn't know me anyways. He knows some of what I... He knows how I, what I say or how I act on TalkShoe, but he doesn't know me personally. And he can't even get his information correct. He obviously doesn't listen to the calls. He he said that I'm black and white. I'm not black and white. Sometimes I'm black, sometimes I'm white, sometimes I'm at any point in the middle. It depends on the situation. It depends on my mood. I'm black, I'm yeah. white, and I'm all shades of gray. Well, I didn't go back and listen to my call, but I probably should. But from what I heard, when they got his record, the cases he claimed he won, uh, the three charges and one he did not, uh, he got it dismissed, and that he um, he didn't use Carl's stuff. He was using lawyers. So all the time they come on the show, oh, Carl's this, Carl's that, and when it came to it, he wasn't using Carl's stuff at all. He was using lawyers. That's pretty funny. Yeah, this is what they were saying. He didn't want to talk about that. He said, but, oh, cool, and know my stuff. I'm like, well, you told me about it. I mean, I haven't actually seen it, but I know he said he helped Bill, the guy in California, with call stuff. He'd get on the show, talk about call stuff, and come to find out he wasn't even using it. I mean, that's that's all hearsay to me, Mike, because I haven't seen his paperwork and I haven't seen truthfully what was going on, but that's what they were saying he did. And he didn't deny it, though, so I don't know what's going on. So, yeah, I've never seen his paperwork. Wow. I don't, I've never seen his paperwork. I don't care what he did, to be honest. I don't know if he got the charges dismissed or not. It's all hearsay to me, but I don't care. i got nothing to say about him or his case, whatever. Yeah. Well, that's what I said. I don't know. So, but anyways, at the end of the day, he kept on interrupting. That's usual. And then he go. He said, "But I want to say something." You interrupt. Say what? You know. So, but anyway, I had to mute him out. But that happens. Um, I thought. So, anyways, my goal. Well, actually, it is tomorrow. But my goal later today, um, some point, I'm going to try to call the DMV again because I haven't gotten my plates. I'm not sure what's the hold-up. And I thought I'd give it a couple of days because Wednesday was the day, which is today. It was supposed to come yesterday. That was the 15 days, so I waited today. And so I don't know, should I wait till tomorrow? Yeah, I probably should, but I can still call them and see what's going on. No harm. Because I just wish to know, maybe that lady didn't know, she couldn't see on her screen, but I just wish to know where they sent him. Because clearly, I had changed my address, and then I got an application, a voter's registration form. So clearly they know what my address is. I mean, that came like a couple of days later after that. So I'm like, see, so if you can mail that to me, how come you can't mail the plates to me? What's up with that? 
same address. Hi, Greg. You came back, I see. Hey, Greg? Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Just wanted to be sure. Well, yeah, I was on my bike uh, on my way home, so thought I'd hop back on and see if anything interesting was going on. Well, you missed them. Huh? <clears throat> Excuse me. You missed some um, other things came about. But that's okay. Um, yeah. Then um, I, re- I I had stopped the recording, and then a woman came on. She was talking about her case. Oh, so I told her to call back in because I wasn't recording it. So I stopped because I had just stopped the recording. I think maybe five minutes, and then here she come. <laughs> I'm like, wow. You know, just when you thought you would finish. <laughs> yeah, right. That wasn't Janine, was it? No. Okay, someone else. All right. Yeah, this was, uh, she said her name was Clara. Huh. Oh, I'm sorry I missed that. Oh? <clears throat> yeah, the call was just getting, it was. It had been kind of ridiculous for a while, so <laughs> I gave, just gave up. Well, you okay. never know what you get. Depends on who come on the show. And if yeah. they start, I told them yeah. don't start in the beginning, and of course they do. So I just have to mute them out. That's what I do. That's all. Yeah. I'm not trying to be mean well, and rude just because I got the mute button. I just got to do it because they can't control themselves. So who's going to control them? There you go. <laughs> I just kept thinking, you know, this is why administrative law exists. <laughs> <laughs> This is exactly why. Well, persons, clearly persons in the U.S. citizen, a lot of them do need to be governed and um, administrated when they act up. Yeah. Yeah. You know. And I don't get it. I, I even kept saying it, giving them hints. This is, I said, you know, you have to know how to act in the public. And it's, it's clearly yeah. you guys don't. And then Jeremy asked me, but we're not in the public. I'm like Jeremy. We do the public call. Yeah, right. <laughs> this call is public. Yeah. And it, who else? What part of public domain is not public? It's the internet. <clears throat> when I'm inside right. my house. <laughs> yeah, but when you're in your house, it's not public domain. When you put it out on the internet, when you put it out on the internet, it's public domain. That makes it public. True, that's true. Yeah, because I uh, noticed, you know, that I'm doing the call on the Skype, and then a lot of people see it. So here we go. But anyways, I just hope the dear boys learn um, and get it. It's no personal attack. It's no, it's nothing personal. You know, it took me a while. I had to straighten out my, get myself straight. Um, on a lot of issues and things, you know, because you know how we women are. We keep going on and on and like to argue. It's like, but <clears throat> no, I, I'm so grateful. My mother, see, my mother had 16, and she had 11 boys and five girls, so I got raised with my brothers. So that's why a lot of times I try not to argue too much. I hit it and miss it and then stop, let them speak. 
Just like, you know, I'm grateful because of my brothers. <laughs> so I know guys don't like all that talk, so. Yeah. It is what it is. <clears throat> I, I kept hoping you'd mute those guys out a lot faster. So. Now, I did know what happened. You mute them out, then they call back in, right? They have stopped there, hang out. And oh. sometimes when you call in, then they, they all, my show automatic, unmute you. Yeah. And then when they, you know, sometimes I'm not exactly looking at the board, but when I hear them speaking, then I have to run back and mute them again. So, yeah. It's one of those things. And that's what they do. <clears throat> they keep calling in. Well, it is kind of interesting being on these calls, being on such a public call, right? You really don't, you really have no idea who these people are who are on the calls. <laughs> so it's uh, it's kind of an interesting little dynamic. Oh, Mike, you know? excuse me, Drew. Sorry about this. Uh, there was a call list, but it wasn't an underscore. It was a straight call list, you know, like normally. Yeah, there was, pro- there was probably something different about it. Because it didn't have no hyphen, no nothing. It just plain was called in. It's just plain. Mm. But, yeah, you can go to check, grab it, and look at it. Well, I, I, the, all those usernames would be unique. So Correct. No, yeah. you so one of them have a call, then a hyphen, and then list. Because the call will have its own, right? So there's there's nothing would be nothing but just plain like he normally have it, but the other guy put call hyphen lens, but if he can't put call name. You won't let him in. That's why you see on my calls, and most times you see is DT Aquila. Then you see Aquila forty eight <clears throat> because it's unique to you. Yeah. Well, you're not seeing. You're not saying two different people have the same username, Carl Lentz, are you? I ain't saying nothing. All I know is a couple of things. Calls come sometimes and say Carl Lentz. But I noticed the other one had a hyphen. But this evening, it was straight Carl Lentz. Huh. I didn't notice anything different. I, you know, I probably could go to check, grab it, and look at it again. But There's something different about it. Maybe a capital or lowercase letter or an extra space or a period or something. It's different mm-hmm. or another. Mine was an extra space there. But that's what I saw. That's the only difference. If there was anything, you probably, because I was really uh, uh, arguing with Lord Fan, I think, at that time when that happened. And so. But I did see, I was looking for the hyphen. I didn't see that, but I didn't think to look for anything else. So, could be. Well, I'm not going to say it on the air, but I'll tell you how to make it so people can't hang up and call back in. All right. Okay. (laughs) That'll be another time. Yeah. So they call, they call back, and then they start again, and then they call back in. I'm like, come on. Yeah, I'll tell you how to stop that nonsense real quick. All right. Yeah. 
I think it'd be really good to manage those calls um, better because, uh, you know, I don't know how interesting the conversation was that I was having with uh, Phase One, but it it got, you know, it got killed. So. Yeah, because he kept on interrupting, asking. I don't even know what he was talking about, truthfully. Yeah, I wasn't sure. I mean, it was such a general thing. I was kind of wanting uh, Phase 1 to get a little more specific because it was so general. But Oh, yeah, I know what he's talking about because I'm doing the same thing. And that's why you keep hearing me say it about my plate. Oh, so he was yeah he was speaking in the context of um, um, driver's licenses and registration titling not, and registration and all that correct yeah that's exactly what I did I've tied a car before without registering it but for a totally different reason because I was selling it and I said I'm not buying insurance and getting it registered pay for all that and get plates. I just need a title just to get it out this one's name and put it in my name because it's my car now, and I'm going to sell it. So they said, sure. He said, sure. So I did exactly that, and once I did, I got the title only. No registration, none of that. <clears throat> oh, huh, yeah. Yeah, I've done it, and now I'm doing it again. So the registration is is the information that ties it, that's in the public that ties the you to the car. Is that no, it's not <clears throat> in the public. Once you register, it will be. That's the difference. But I'll say this, Greg. Um, one face. Even though I had done this over before, he even mentioned it. But like I said, I was doing it for a different reason. I had no idea by registering your car, you are putting it in the public, and you telling them you want them to micromanage you by registering that. But when you just get tired of that's just a record. Or something, Mike, you know about this. I think Cheyenne mentioned it. The MSO? What the MSO is that? a bunch of garbage. Don't fall for that crap. Okay. It's all nonsense. I've I've explained this before. It's simple. When Ford makes a car, they can't do anything with it because it is illegal to sell that which you do not own. So the legislation requires Ford to create a manufacturer's certificate of origin or a manufacturer's statement of origin, depending on where you live, which shows that they are the owners of the car. They built it, so they didn't buy it. They don't have a bill of sale. So the MSO just proves that Ford owns it, and Ford has the right to sell it. And so especially if you're selling it overseas, you cannot sell it overseas without the MSO. And also, since the MSO is part of the statutory system, you're liable to pay tax on the sale of that car. So the MSO, when Ford sells you the car, they send the MSO to the taxation office. 
That way it's on the books as taxable, and every time that car gets sold, somebody has to pay a tax again and again and again every time it gets sold. The MSO has nothing to do with a consumer buying the car. It's only for the manufacturer. That's why it's a manufacturer's statement of origin. It's just saying where the car originated to show who owns it in the first place. You can get the MSO if you write to them, they'll send it to you, but it doesn't do anything for you unless you're selling it overseas. Oh, I see. Okay. I wasn't clear on that matter. Yeah. Okay. Just, I'll look at she just, she just fell for guru nonsense. Carl's clarified that before. I clarified it in more detail. Phase one actually looked up some stuff and backed up exactly what I said. And for some reason, Cheyenne keeps clinging to it like she thinks it means something. It means nothing. Okay. Wow. It just doesn't mean what she thinks it means. Okay. <clears throat> I was just wondering if there's some sort of... Because even when you tie the they want me to pay a tax on it. And I'm like, well, why do I need to pay a tax on it? So there must be some sort of way that you can avoid that as well. It's because it's so, registered. Because it's no, in their system. No, it's not registered. No, even if you don't register, getting the title only. You pay the tax. They tax on what? Tax on what? The car. Like the total price of the car? Whatever you pay for it. No, that's a load of crap. Well, that's what they say. As a matter of fact, I'm going to give them a ring about that. If I, she She's either flat out lying to you or she has no clue what she's talking about because that's not the way they normally do things. Like not you know, to sound um, demeaning, but... She doesn't know anything except what she's trained to do and what she does every day. Every day, citizens come in and they register their motor vehicle and they pay their tax. She probably thinks everybody has to pay tax because she just doesn't know any better. So she either doesn't know or she's lying to you. But if if I buy your used bicycle... Nobody can tax me on a used bicycle, man-to-man, straight-across deal. It's a private deal for a used bike, a skateboard, a tennis ball. They can't tax you on it unless you register it and agree that you're a motor vehicle operator and that you're engaged in commerce or some kind of taxable event. Okay. Wow. Well, I'm going to have to ask about that. See what's going on. <clears throat> because um, that's interesting to me. So I'll have to give them a ring about the plates anyways. And then I'll go on and ask a, a couple of questions. See, that's another funny thing about registering your car is you have the right to sell your car and the government's not going to say anything because they're going to make money off the taxes. Every time somebody sells the car, they're getting a cut. But you have every right to take a sledgehammer outside and smash your car to pieces. Nobody cares. They just, want their, money. They just want their money if you sell it. 
when you registered. Yeah, it cost me a sales tax. I mean, well, next person, not me so much. The one who bought it. But another thing is when you register a motor vehicle, you're inviting the state as a third party into the contract and you having possession of the car, that's nine-tenths of the law, but the one-tenth that's left over is that they're the lien holder. <laughs> you have you have equitable title. They have legal title. means you have the right of use, but they're the top dog. That's if you owe money, but my car is clearly completely paid. No, no. It has nothing to do with if you owe money. When you register it, you're making them the lien holder. You're giving them an interest. Oh, no, no, no. I'm not registered. I just get title only. I'm saying in general, when anybody registers their motor vehicle, they oh, become, yes. they become, they get the equitable, or they get the right of use, the equitable title or whatever, but the state becomes the lien holder. Oh, yes. That I can recommend. Okay. <clears throat> and what is their interest in the car? The fact that you gave them an interest in the car by registering it. You entered them into the contract as a third party. Okay. Same thing when you get married. You can marry your wife, no problem. Have a private ceremony, family and friends. But when you go for a marriage license, you're inviting the state as a third party into the contract. Now it's a three-way contract. That's why right. they have the right. See, in marriage, it's kind of funny because the legal society plays both sides of the fence. They'll say that since you got a marriage license, that you're governed by the state. And that way they have the authority to meddle in your private affairs and decide how the divorce is going to go, how they're going to split the property, blah, blah, blah. But they play the common law side without anybody realizing it by saying, okay, you're getting a divorce, but she's still your wife. You're still liable to pay for your property, so you pay alimony and child support. Uh, no, the owner's always liable. So they're playing the common law side and saying, yeah, well, you can get a legal divorce, but you're still married lawfully under God, that means your wife and your kids are still your property, and the state's not going to take the bill for that. You pay for it. When you divorce your wife, according to common law, she goes back to her dad. She's her dad's problem again. But she's not going to go back to her dad. She's going to go to the state for help, welfare or whatever. And the state says, no way, you pay for that wife. It's kind of like you have chickens in your backyard and the city orders you to get the chickens out of your backyard so you take them somewhere else and you have you have them stored somewhere else. You have to pay for the storage and the feeding of your chickens and the time it takes to take care of them. You're paying somebody else because they're your chickens. Same thing if you say, hey, Mike, I got nowhere to park my camper. Can I park it in your backyard? I'll say, okay, yeah, sure. And I'll take your camper and I'll put it in my backyard and I'm going to pay you a monthly fee for storing it because it's yours. You're liable for it. Why should I pay for it? That's all they're doing with the marriage. They're saying we have the right to intervene 
but you have to still pay. So if the state wants to wear the big boy pants and take control of the divorce, then they can wear the big boy pants and they can pay the child support and alimony, but they won't do it. So they'll go statutory when it suits them, but they'll go common law when it suits them, and they won't tell you. it still goes on today when you want to marry a woman you go to her father and you ask for her hand in marriage you go to her father because the daughter is is the property of the father until he gives the wife away in marriage then she becomes your property and you're liable to take care of her if you divorce her she goes back to daddy that's that's the old way Going back to the car, if you register your car as a motor vehicle, basically you're telling the state that you're an employee of the state, which means now you're driving a company car, which means the corporation is liable for the maintenance and the gas and everything else. If the state says they own the car and you're just an employee using their car, then they got to, you send them the bill for the new tires. You send them the bill to get the windshield fixed. You send them a bill when you replace the headlight. I've never worked anywhere where I've paid for gas in the company car. I've never worked anywhere where I had to get the brakes done on the, on the company car. Yeah. So if they want to say it's a company car, you're engaged in commerce, you're an employee of them, then they pay all the maintenance, they pay all the gas. And either you own your sidewalk or the city has the duty and obligation to come and shovel. I don't have to shovel snow on city property. If I have to shovel the sidewalk, it's my sidewalk. Right. We're just not trained. But to it's, put usually, it's usually city 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 law that the that the uh, the sidewalk in front of a person's property needs to be shoveled by the the owner of the of the property, right? Well, the resident, yes. But if I have to shovel the city sidewalk, I'm going to send the city a bill. <laughs> have you done that? I haven't yet. Actually, I don't mind shoveling. I'll shovel whenever it snows. But technically, I should be sending the because uh, yeah, I think the the bylaw around here is you have 24 hours after the snowfall stops. But technically, every time I shovel the sidewalk, I should be sending the city the bill. Yeah, because they'll tell you if you don't if you don't shovel your sidewalk within 24 hours, they'll come up and shovel it and they'll stick you with the bill. So you just wow. Ask them how much how much will you charge me to come shovel my sidewalk? Yeah, right. And when they tell you you shovel it, then you send them a bill. Here's the bill for shoveling your sidewalk. What are they going to do? Say it's unreasonable? That's your price. <laughs> 
That's fucking funny. That's funny. Have you have you sent uh have you sent the state a bill for keep, keeping gas in your car and tires on your car and well, I actually don't have a car? car. I don't have a car. I don't have a driver's license. I don't drive, so right, which is good. I'm still here. I'm keep the coal running. I don't get in any trouble because I don't have a car. Other than that, I don't do anything wrong. Like, you literally don't have a car, you don't get around with a car. No, I live in the city, so I walk or take a bus if it's really far. Okay, yeah. All right. Well, if you had a car, would you would you be sending the state a bill for maintaining a car? I would probably start rocking the boat a little bit at a time. Yeah, it's something I would do. <laughs> That's funny. Well, the worst that can happen is they won't pay it. You can decide if you want to take them to court to pay it or not. But yeah, even if, even if you don't plan on fighting it till the bitter end, it'd at least be good for a laugh. Yeah, but not only that, it, just to see what happens. Yeah, and wake up a you couple know, of be... workers. Yeah. That's funny. <laughs> That's hilarious. I've never heard that before. Makes sense, though. Totally makes sense. Yeah. Driving is a commercial event. So if you're saying I'm engaged in commerce, I'm obviously the boss or the employee. If you're barking orders at me, I guess I'm the employee. So you get the bill. (laughs) Way to wear the owner's hat. You get stuck with the bill now. Wow. That's hilarious. Kind of surprised that I've I've have never heard Carl mention something like that. That's funny. I'm surprised I haven't heard him mention that. That's good though. It does make perfect sense. Well, I've had my boss tell me before, uh, get Brian, take take the truck up to the, uh, take the truck up to the garage, get Brian to follow you in his truck, drop the truck off and get him to do the brakes. So I go, I take the truck, I drop it off at the garage, I get a, a ride back to the shop and it's out of my hands. Whenever I go for gas, put gas in the truck, I'd pull the uh, gas cart out of the ashtray charge the gas I don't pay for it right yep. big big rock hits the windshield I just tell the boss hey man somebody cracked your windshield well it'd be the same renting uh, a house the it's the landlord it's the owner of the house it's, it's, it's their yeah it's their responsibility to maintain the house yep the owner is always liable. Your dog gets out of your yard and bites me. It's your fault. You're the owner. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, it doesn't matter. Your kid throws a baseball through the neighbor's window. It's your fault. It's your kid. 
owner bears liability. That's pretty huge. Have to map that concept onto uh, everything. <laughs> Which actually it just opens the can of worms even more because I don't pay insurance on the company car. The company does. So pay your insurance on your car. Send the bill to the to the to the government. Wow. And then tell them you expect them to uh, back pay you retroactive all the for all those years you worked for the government driving the government car. Yeah, no kidding. Ooh. Or they or they could just release you from that liability. Yep. That'd be either or, right? Well, we're going to have to do something. Yeah, you catch them with logic, they're going to have to make, make up all kinds of crap to try and get out of it. Wow. Yeah, the awesome power of simple logic. <laughs> Yeah, I like asking them funny questions, like when uh, somebody sends you a notice of fine and due date or whatever they call it, you write back to them and say, uh, greetings, Bob, thank you for your letter. Uh, did you order me to pay a fine? <laughs> right. Just get them to order you to pay it. But you ask them, did you order me to pay a fine? They're not going to say yes. They're going to say, oh, well, the uh, code, of Cal- the the motor vehicle code of California says blah blah blah. You're like, thanks, Bob, uh, for your letter, but that wasn't my question. <laughs> yeah. Hmm. Yeah, even if you're not willing to fight it to the end, it's at least pretty funny. Just kind of give them a little bit of a wake-up call. Oh, I would do it relentlessly just for just for the fun of it. <laughs> God. That's exactly the kind of thing I would do. Well, the state would be liable for any any that fine, right? Yeah. I'm, yeah. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, I don't know if you get an offender bender with with the company car, the company pays that, don't they? Out of their insurance, whatever. Right. Unless you were drunk or you were doing right. something crazy. Yeah. Right. Yeah, as long as it's within the scope, whatever that terminology is. But if you're acting outside the you know, the rules and you're driving drunk, well, then it's on you. Yep. Huh. Yeah, this law stuff's not so bad when you uh, you just relearn, you learn to relax and laugh a little. 
just see it for the joke that it is. Yeah. But, you know, I, I just... A lot of it just must be really, really difficult to see. Um, just given what <laughs> you just you just pointed out, I mean, who would ever arrive at the conclusion that you could build a state for the maintenance of your car, right? Because they're the title holder. <laughs> you know, no one's ever gonna. Well, it just makes me laugh because there's so many people out there that run their own business that know the business world inside out. But somehow, magically, when it comes to government, the blinders go on and they don't see it for the business that it is. It's all a corporate scheme, all of it. That's what kills me, too. Everybody's like, I don't know how to write a How do you write a bill? What do you mean? You own your own business. You don't write bills every day? Invoices? You don't know what that means? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's simple. If you own your own business, you know exactly what the government's doing. Mm, wow. Another thing I think is funny, I don't know how I came up with this, but uh, I realized one day that corporations are liable for taxes. So, um, where was it? oh, yeah. So when I go to the grocery store and I buy food, the grocery store is the one liable for the taxes. For some reason, they're passing the taxes off to me. I don't have to pay a tax. A man doesn't pay a tax. The corporation pays the tax. Why isn't the grocery store paying the tax for me? Another point is, I don't believe that the grocery store is a registered IRS agent, so how are they ordering the grocery stores to collect tax? The IRS's job. Well, you've really thought about this stuff, Mike. <laughs> yeah, I've had uh, I've had a lot of questions fired at me over the last few years. Yeah, I'll bet. Right. The, the benefits of having a uh, talk shoe call. <laughs> yeah, when you're <laughs> when you're grilled constantly, you end up quick on your feet. Mm-hmm. When you're going to do a lot more studying, I imagine too. Yeah, I don't. Uh, I don't do a whole lot of studying anymore. Like I don't. I don't even actually listen to Carl anymore. I pretty much got what I need. Now the answer yeah. just come off the top of my head. That's it's hard for people to understand when Carl says it's so simple it's scary. Yep. The problem is it takes a while to build a good solid uh, foundation. Oh yeah. And once you see the bigger picture, it's easier. It just it comes quick. Mm-hmm. Yep, it does seem to come slowly. At least it has for me. But uh, at the same time, it uh, the knowledge builds on itself. So it starts out really slow and difficult, and then it gets you know gradually builds upon itself. 
but uh, it's definitely a process. Yeah, everybody's uh, got their own obstacles. Some people, um, some people just learn faster than others. Some people learn by reading. Some people learn by listening. Some by seeing. Uh, some of them, they actually have to get thrown in the fire before they learn how to get out. Um, yep, I think that one would apply to me. Yeah, I think some people are just too angry. I think some people are too scared. Some people are too vengeful. Some people are just confused. Some people are just nervous. Yeah. There's so many, like, everybody's different. Everybody's got their own ways of doing things, their own problems. And I think everybody needs to, um, like, if they're not picking up on it, they got to identify what their obstacle is and then learn a way to overcome or circumvent that obstacle. Mm-hmm. Like for me, it was a lot of repetition. I would just listen to, I would listen to Carl's shows 24 hours a day. Like if I was, when I, when I go to sleep, I would put one of those really long Craig Lynch YouTubes on the compilation ones. And uh-huh. I would lay in bed and listen to that until I fall asleep. And then in the morning, I wake up, I'd hit play on the next one. And I'd let it play all day while I'm doing stuff around the house. Sometimes I'm at the other side of the house, I don't hear it. But every time I'm within earshot, I can hear it. And I just blasted myself. And I'd go for a walk, I'd uh, I'd have it downloaded on my phone. I'd listen on my headphones while I'm walking down the street. Yeah. Uh, Sometimes if I didn't have anything to listen to, I would either think about it or I would run scenarios in my head like, okay, let's say I am in court and it's a speeding ticket and the prosecutor says this, what would I do? And then I'd think of what I would say and I would think of what the prosecutor's possible answer might be. I'd go through the same scenario again, but I would change things a little bit and I would just try and think of things from every different angle. I also practice putting myself in the prosecutor's shoes, mm-hmm. put myself in the judge's shoes for a while. They find, when I write a letter, I I scribble the letter down real quick, and then I'll cross out a couple words, put a couple other ones in there. I'll realize this is repetitive, so I'll scrap it. I'll remember yep. I got to change this, whatever. And then once I think my letter's perfect, then I'll sit there and think, okay, if if I was the guy that's receiving this letter, how would I answer it? And then I'd go, oh, shit. And I'd have to go back and I'd have to change <laughs> my letter again. And then I would think, okay, if I was a judge hearing this case and I was reading this as evidence, what would I think? And then I'd think if it went to a jury of my peers, what would they think? Yeah. And just try and put yourself in all the other parties' shoes. Basically, try and punch holes in your own case to make sure nobody else can do it. Mm-hmm. And then yeah. on that, you give it to other people and get other people to punch holes in your case. The meaner the other people are, the better. Hopefully, they attack you hard and rip your letter to shreds because then you go back and fix it instead of sending a bad letter. Yeah. But people really get offended when you rip their letters apart. Yeah, it's too bad, isn't it? It. it, it. <laughs> Well, I get it because they spent so much time on it and they were so proud of it. And then you, you yeah. rip the pieces and they they feel kind of right. hurt. But you got to take the, this 
this isn't like some kind of Valentine's Day thing. This is law. There's no room for emotion in law. Just yep. pure fact. That's it. Yeah, it's, it's, not, not, it's, it's not about the pat on the back. It's not. It's not. A, it's not. A, it shouldn't be about that. It should be about um, writing an effective letter that's going to accomplish what you want it to accomplish. Yep. Yeah. Right. The, uh, you're not. You're not. You're not looking for the gold star and the pat on the back. You know, you're looking for results. Yeah. The uh, the plaintiff's not going to be high fiving you. The prosecutor's not going to be playing patty cakes. The judge isn't going to be blowing kisses at you. If I offend you, you're going to have a bad day in court. If you can't handle me, yeah. you're not going to handle the prosecutor and judge. Yep. Sounds bad, but you gotta you gotta learn how to take a beating if you're gonna be a good fighter. Yeah. Yep. Well, I know one thing that gets me that stops me dead in my tracks is just fear. I'm sure it's very common for people, but boy, the, just the fear is a powerful thing. My experience in court is so limited. I mean, I'm I'm one of these guys that never, ever gets in trouble for anything. I just avoid all that stuff. I never, I mean, I just never have any issues. The biggest one I had was family court, but I got drug into that. I was the petitioner. I, I you know, so. Um, yeah, I was, uh, but there I am in family court just witnessing this, incredible display of bullshit and you know on on, on a level I knew it was um, <laughs> yeah family court's it, one it, of the worst really, it really fucked with my head yeah family court's one of the worst for a lot of reasons yeah. like one one reason family court's the worst is uh Obviously, it's dealing with your wife and kids, so there's a huge level of emotion. But um, the family court system is nowhere near a real court, so good luck trying to follow their rules because they don't. Right. Uh, yeah, there's there's a bunch of things about family court. It's just uh, one of the worst. Like, it, it's not the same in every case, obviously, but usually the wife is making up stories and the husband is making up stories and the truth is yeah. getting stretched every way possible and attorneys yeah. twist things and they're trying to get the child psychologist in there so he can make some money. They're trying to get the mediator in there so he can make money. Obviously, the yeah. lawyers are making money. CPS wants their hand in the pot. Yep it gets ridiculous real fast. Yeah, in my case, for a long time, I could not believe that <clears throat> everyone in the case seemed to be against me. It, it seemed like this big, huge conspiracy that everyone was against me. And then, that, you know, that fucked with me. But then after a period of time, I started to see, well... They, you know, they're in it for the money. They're pro controversy. So, in, in the interest of their own, you know, getting paid. And then I saw that as an explanation for what looked before like this 
big conspiracy where I, I just couldn't believe that, you know, that she was, uh, <laughs> what was she doing? Paying everybody off, you know, somehow winning everybody over to her side. Um, well, there's a few yeah, ways of looking at it. One cool. way is if you got, if say you got cancer and the doctor had a magic cancer pill, he's either going to charge you a billion dollars for that one pill to cure your cancer or he's going to yeah. keep that pill a secret and he's going to give you something to monitor and control the symptoms because yeah. if he if he cures your cancer, you don't come back, he doesn't make money. And it's yeah. the same thing. If the court doesn't keep the controversy going, they lose money. Yeah. But another thing, here, check this. So this blew me away when I started realizing it. Um, when you go to family court, I'm sure you did this. I'm sure it happens everywhere, but your wife filled out something that's called something similar to an affidavit, uh, affidavit of financials or a statement of financial something where you say how much you make, how much you spend, what your assets yes. are, how much is in your bank account. Yep. So your lawyer and her lawyer know exactly what you make and <laughs> her lawyer and your lawyer know exactly what she makes. Yeah. So if you make more money than your wife, guess who's not going to win? Your wife's going to win because you're the one with all the money to pay and the court is mm -hmm. going to skip off the top. Or you're going to get outright clobbered because you have the money to appeal. Yeah. They're not going to make they're not going to make the poor one win because the poor one's not going to come back and appeal. They have no money. Another thing about that is your lawyer and her lawyer will sit there and go, "Well, my client's got more money, so I'll let you win this round." Yeah. And then we'll, <laughs> I'll get my client to file an appeal and then let my client win. And then we'll just play this out and we'll see who has the most money at the end. And once both parties are out of money, we'll just we'll just resolve the matter quick and get it over with. Yeah, and I'm sure for most family attorneys, that's just the unspoken conversation that is just... Yeah, that's, yeah, they're not that's actually, just how it is. It's not like they're meeting at the local bar, you know, figuring yeah, they don't out have, how to... They don't have... <laughs> Yeah, they don't have to have a specific conversation about their usual plan. Yeah, yeah, it's just how they roll. It's just the, it's just how they do it. Working in concert. But that's the other sick thing is they, you know, they're trained in the law. They, <laughs> you know, they 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 recognize that there's a a, a really short. Uh, trip to the resolution of this case, <clears throat> right? Yep. They know that. Yep. They know that, and obviously they also realize that to do that, they're not making nearly as much money. Um, yeah, well, if they... If so they, they, so they knowingly take the long way around, right? That's why your doctor won't cure your cancer because he doesn't want to lose money. He doesn't want the pharmaceutical companies to lose money. He doesn't want all the lab technicians to lose money. He doesn't. They don't want all the uh, all the all their cancer fighting machines to uh, all their factories to go out of business. 
Like there's so much money and so many industries involved with cancer. So everybody has to get yeah. their cancer and just manage the symptoms. Ooh, but that's such that's such fraud. <laughs> it's worse than that's that. It's just flat out evil. Just, yeah. Right. Like when have you ever heard a family doctor tell somebody that they should um like they'll tell you to stop smoking or whatever, but they won't tell you to uh, drink lemon juice or apple cider yeah. vinegar every day. They won't tell you to eat turmeric. They won't tell you uh, hydrogen peroxide. They won't tell you any of the things that fight cancer. Right. <clears throat> Any, anyone who looks into the alternative, quote, alternative methods to cure cancer find out that they're extremely simple and inexpensive and simple you know yeah. like just keep it, keeping your system alkaline like when I'm when I think about it I I put it you know roughly a teaspoon of baking soda yep um in with my water just to keep you know my system alkaline that way yep um yeah, but those are just really, really simple things you can do. Yeah, but they're <laughs> not going to tell you that. No, really screw up there. Just for fun, go in and, and ask your doctor a few questions like that, and you'll probably get some answer where they're basically telling you, oh, that's an old wives' tale, or they'll imply that you're some crazy flat earther or some kind of, oh, big conspiracy <laughs> against the pharma companies, yeah. It'll make you look stupid for even asking. Yeah. They'll go all fake news on you. <laughs> <laughs> well, they spent all that Crazy. money going through medical school. <laughs> yeah, I guess they got their bills to pay. Oh, dear God. <laughs> they got to put an indoor swimming pool in the house. Right. Holy shit. It's funny, too, you know, because technically doctors aren't allowed to take a cash prize for prescribing their drugs. So the way they get around that is they they offer the doctors uh, a two-week vacation or something. They'll give them some kind, of, right. some kind of gift instead of a cash prize. Yeah. Those nice little perks. Well, I don't know about you, but I get the feeling that generally in the world there's this mass unveiling that's happening, like the veil's being lifted away in so many different areas, you know, in health and politics. And yeah, now, all of a sudden, now all of a sudden we've got this distinction called fake news. <laughs> no, but nobody ever gave that really a second thought? I mean, it was just the news, and people just believe the news. Uh, but not anymore. It's, okay, CNN is on. I wonder if this is fake. It's probably fake. You know, how am I going to listen to this report and be able to determine whether this is, you know, crap or not? <laughs> well, you, what I and do people are just I... naturally presuming that it, that it is fake at this point. Well, what I what I usually try and do is I uh, I'll, I'll look at a situation. It could either be this or it can be that. So I'll try and debunk it first, 
and then yeah. I'll I'll listen. So like 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 a news situation or something. You look at what the left is saying, and then you look at what the right is saying, and then you go back and pick one and research it a bit, and then go to the other one and research it a bit. Get like I don't know. Get everybody's opinion more than once, and do a bunch of critical thinking in between. Yep. The other thing is is just listening to what's being said and listening to it at face value. You know, like the famous um, sources say. You know, when they when you hear that, I mean that should kind of be an automatic. They're not identifying the sources, but that trust us, our sources say that kind of thing. Well, a lot of times. Um when somebody says something and they'll tell you what the source is, go to the source to find out what's really going on because they'll say, oh, well, this code says this, this, and this. And then you go back and look at it, and they're right. The code said this, this, and this, but it also said (laughs) that, 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 and that. And they didn't tell you the last part. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, really pays to check out the, you know, to check the sources of the premises for sure. See, like when it comes to something you heard that happened and it's in all the history books, one important thing is go find out who wrote that, who wrote that, that book. Yeah. Because obviously you must have heard the winner writes the history. Yeah. So you find out, like, especially like when you're reading the Bible, because the Bible itself is not a book. It's a collection of writings. It's like a scrapbook. Right. So, like Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John were obviously all different people. They were from different places. They had different uh, professions. So they obviously had different bias. If you read something from a Jew and then you read something on the same topic from a Roman, you're going to get conflicting views because they're opposite sides of the scale. There's his side of the story, there's her side of the story, and the truth is likely somewhere in the middle. Right. Or not there at all. Yep. Yeah. So, yeah, I suppose it's like uh, the left and the right, the Democrats, the Republicans, you've got the left side of the story, you've got the right. But the Republic isn't included in either. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, I've... uh... I think not many people realize that. You know, over the people, last few people years, are freaking out about their their how Trump is going to somehow take away rights and people flip out over that. And yeah, uh, it makes me laugh. Like I, um, I'm not used to following American politics. I don't even follow Canadian politics. But this. 
this Trump thing, it, it I, I'm laughing my ass off. So I've done a little bit of research on it, but uh, what makes me laugh is um, all the women are freaking out, saying, "Oh, he's a uh, he's a woman hater." Yeah, but he hasn't misogynist. Yeah, he hasn't made. He hasn't even threatened to make any laws that say anything about women at all. And then all the Muslims are saying, "Oh, he's a Muslim hater." No, he's a terrorist hater, and he's trying to right. crack on this terrorist problem. You guys all look the same. How you can't just look at somebody and know if they're a jihadist or a peaceful Muslim. So there's a problem. He's going to have to deal with it one way or another. And yep. what the Obama folks won't tell you, because they probably don't know themselves, is that quote unquote Muslim ban. For one, it doesn't mention the word Muslim, and it's right. not a ban. It's a temporary halt on immigration. He never yeah. said he was he never said he was deporting any Muslims at all. He said he's gonna crack down on who's coming in, he's gonna stop it until people can be properly checked. So it's not against Muslims and it's not a ban, it's to vet out terrorists. Mm-hmm. And then everybody else is saying, Oh, he hates Mexicans, he's gonna deport Mexicans. No. He's got no problem with Mexicans. He's not gonna deport Mexicans. He's cracking down on illegal aliens, and he's going to deport illegal aliens. Yeah, which is really horrible for the communist agenda. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, yeah, all kinds of stuff. Like, I don't know, it's just ridiculous how it gets spun so bad. Yeah, it really is kind of sad. And he's actually... Um, oh, and that was just sort of... Sorry, go ahead. Another thing is this alleged Muslim ban. What people don't know or they won't tell you is that was Obama's plan that Obama never enforced. Mm-hmm. O- Obama started that about the Iraq deal. He didn't want anybody from Iraq or any of the countries around Iraq. He never enforced it. Donald Trump is enforcing it because now the problem's really bad because all this open border policy and letting everybody come in whenever they feel like it, whether they're legal or not. Yeah, people who have no idea what it means to be a good guest yeah. in some in someone else's house, under someone else's rules. And another thing that makes me laugh is they're saying that this, this quote-unquote Muslim ban is unconstitutional. Yeah, but I don't, see, I don't see anywhere in the Constitution where it says where it says Muslim. I don't yeah, see right. where I don't see where the Constitution protects foreigners in foreign lands. I don't see where the Constitution protects refugees or illegal immigrants. He's not doing anything unconstitutional. Nothing. Yeah. Nope. Nope. That's right. Yep. But if you listen to the propaganda mainstream media boy you're convinced that he is you're just convinced that he's an absolute disaster and you just hope that someone's gonna shoot him or assassinate him or um, that he's gonna be impeached soon yeah and that's, another it's, fun it's kind of amazing to think about the power of it's the power of the media over you know over people but also, there's other things that are funny too. Uh, 
like when Madonna comes up and says, you know, I really, really seriously thought about burning down the White House. <laughs> what a stupid thing yeah. to say starting a That's trying like, to incite a riot. And yeah. then and then these people they call themselves protesters and they're protesting Trump who got democratically elected. Hillary yeah. tried to cheat and she still lost. And then so they're to protest Obama or uh Donald Trump. They're smashing people's cars. They're smashing people's yeah. stocks. There's they're <laughs> All over the place, destruction of private property, public property, like yeah. a bunch of animals. And they and believe the, they ha- and they believe that it, it's a protected right to protest under the First Amendment. Yeah, it's not a protest. It's just a it's just a violent mob. Yeah, but they don't then, quite get that. They don't quite get that distinction. Is what I found. I don't know if you're on Facebook, but I am, and so I see a lot of that stuff come through and I'm constantly having to point out that criminal activity isn't protected under the First Amendment. The one of the you funniest know? things is one of the funniest things is when you see these independent uh journalists or whatever interviewing the protesters or the rioters, I guess you call a spade right. a spade. But when they're asking they go up and they're like, Oh well what are you protesting today? Oh, I'm protecting the environment. What? <laughs> oh, Donald Trump? What are you talking about? Because Donald, because Trump is a racist. <laughs> they, wear these, <laughs> they wear these pussy hats and wear signs say, "Keep your hands off my pussy." Like, do you realize how stupid you are? <laughs> yeah, they obviously have no clue how completely stupid they look out in public like that. I'm, I can't even, can't even believe it. I can't believe that people go out and act that, you know, ridiculous. Yeah. Women taking off their clothes in protest of Trump, you know. (laughs) Yeah, women have rights. Yeah, women have rights and they shouldn't be objectified. We're not here for man's pleasure. (laughs) They strip down naked so everybody can look at them. Moron. Totally. Totally. But the communists are loving it, man. That that they're boy, they're it's working for them. <laughs> but it's funny too that um uh Donald Trump talks to Putin or uh sorry, no, he was talking to China and he created a a, a boatload of American jobs. But you don't hear that in the mainstream news. He goes and he talks to to uh, Putin and kind of makes good with Russia. You don't hear about that in the mainstream yeah. news. Yeah, he, he doesn't want to go to war with Russia. But he's going through the list. Everything he said he was going to do before the election, he's been doing them one by one by one, striking them off the list. Did this, did this, did this. He was on the phone before he got elected to all these leaders yeah. in all these countries. Oh, yeah, he was working hard before he took office. And apparently, I think within the next two weeks, he's going to be drastically reducing taxes for American businesses. Who does that? Yep. You don't hear about that in the mainstream news either. 
you sure don't, deal. but the, 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 the people are hearing it. So I, I yeah, the, the left is really, <laughs> their, you know, their ship is sunk, I think. They're but done. It's another thing that makes me laugh is he's making a monkey out of everybody. Like he, uh, he's by far not the smoothest politically correct guy around, which I kind of like, yeah. but he'll come out and he'll say something and he'll make it sound so bad. And I'm pretty sure he's doing it on purpose just to ruffle yeah. feathers. And yeah. then another thing I love about him is he pisses everybody off on Twitter late at night and everybody freaks out. That's really got nothing to do with the presidency. That's just social media. He's just shooting his mouth off. He gets up in the middle of the night. I'm going to piss somebody off. He goes and he tweets a bunch of stuff and gets everybody to freak out. Yeah. But it's amazing how much power his little tweets have. I mean, that's an amazing thing to think about. But I think he's doing it on purpose just to make everybody freak out, make themselves look like the retard that they are. Yeah. Well, yeah, I think he causes people to react, and then he capitalizes on the reaction. Yeah. He's he's really good. I he's just he's just masterful at playing the system, and I think people are starting to kind of realize how good he is, but probably they really still don't have any idea. <laughs> well, anybody that wanted Hillary to win has severe problems, in my opinion. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. All the WikiLeaks dumps, um, the shit Podesta was doing and saying was incredible. Um the Clinton Foundation, the allegations of money laundering, the sex, the pedophilia, just, just everything. And it seems to have no effect whatsoever on those diehard you know, Democrats. <laughs> it's really, it's like, that's an interesting, like, explain that one to me. But it's Maybe. funny, too, because... Uh... Like, you see all these videos where people are trying to bash Trump, and they're like, oh, here's a, comp- a compilation of all the ridiculous things that, that Donald Trump said. So I, I decided I'm going to watch this video because I know it's going to be hilarious. And then he's he's in an interview, and somebody's like, oh, well, uh, you portray women in a bad light. You call them fat pigs and dogs and all kinds of other things. He's like, nope, only Rosie O'Donnell. I almost yeah, it's laughing, and then Hillary's like, "Oh yeah, well, uh, you want to do this and you want to do that, and I don't think I like the way you're doing things or something like that." And he's like, "Yeah, because you're going to jail." <laughs> he told Hillary he's going to put her in jail. Yeah, Man, did I laugh? Classic, classic moments that will go down in history for forever. Is that Rosie O'Donnell comment? Do you know who Scott Adams is? No. He he writes the Dilbert cartoon. Oh yeah. So that guy. So you should Google him. Like Google Scott Adams Trump, and he's got a bunch of YouTube videos where he's talking about Trump's um, skill in persuasion. 
So, and basically, he calls Trump. I was I started listening to this guy like a year before Trump was actually elected, and at that point, Adams was saying that based on Trump's linguistic skills alone, he would win in a landslide. So Adams has this background in persuasion and hypnotism and that whole, you know, those arts, right? Mm -hmm. And he, he calls Trump a master wizard (laughs) (laughs) in the, in the art, in those sort of arts of persuasion. And it's really interesting to listen to this guy uh, talk about what Trump's doing. But he brought up that instance, um, the Rosie O'Donnell thing, and that normally um, when you're being interrogated like that, that's, that's really hard to combat, right? Yeah. But Trump says two words. He just, said, only, he just says only Rosie O'Donnell the crowd erupts in laughter. And instant, <laughs> yeah, and instantaneously, he, he, like he, he's taken complete control of it and flipped it. And, um, yeah, Scott Adams uh, would say that uh, Trump was the best he'd ever seen in, those sort, in that sort of a skill set. And um, he also coined the term um, uh, linguistic kill shots. Yeah. That that Trump is a real a real master of. Like he used the example of Jeb Bush being low energy. Yeah. Most, yeah. He he said, and Adams is like, you know, before he said that, people probably viewed Jeb as a competent. Um, even keel sort of um, leader, right? But the moment Trump says low energy, that people are like, "Wow, I, I, I didn't notice that." But I, he's kind of right. He, he is kind of low energy, right? Well, there's <laughs> and, uh, uh, there's a lot of power in playing playing dumb, acting acting like the idiot, but being very calculated. Yeah. Yep. And then, of course, the most famous linguistic kill shot is Crooked Hillary. I think. Well, I I think another thing too, tying Hillary to the media. Um, I think that's why all the Hillary all the Hillary supporters suffered such a crushing defeat, is because the polls were bullshitting the whole time. All the mainstream media were lying. Yeah. Yeah. They were trying to pretend like Trump didn't have any crowd <laughs> and they were trying to pretend that Hillary was doing better in the polls than she was. So, and another thing too is uh, I think a lot of the Hillary supporters were pretending to support Hillary, but they were secretly thinking, yeah, she's got to go. I'm voting for Trump. So I think there was a lot of liars yeah. out there supporting Hillary and then voting yep. for Donald. Yeah, I think the the reverse was true, too. A lot of Trump supporters who who wouldn't come out and say so because they were worried about being ridiculed. I think that was probably really, really common. Yeah, because, see, I don't give a shit. I I can't really say that I'm a Trump. I guess I can. I'm not not American or U.S. citizen or whatever, so he's not my president. I 
yeah. guess I technically can't really be a supporter, sort of, I guess. But uh, a lot of people are scared that if they support Trump, they're going to be called a Nazi or a fascist yeah. or a whatever else, every other name in the book. But I'm the kind of guy I don't give a shit. You can call me whatever you want. I'm going to say what I'm going to say. Right. Yeah. Yeah, I like the I like the 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 the, the radical left out. Um, what was I saw recently? They're burning books to combat fascism. Yeah, they're they're burning fascist books. <laughs> and I saw Trump's Art of the Deal. I noticed it was one of the books in the pile. <laughs> <laughs> Oh man, it's good stuff. Yeah, I I did not used to really care at all about politics, but man, when Trump got in the game, it, it got interesting all of a sudden. I'm all over it now. I think it's really interesting to watch the whole thing. Yeah, I'm I'm more into humor than politics, so Trump's right up my alley. <laughs> Say that again. I'm more into humor than politics, so yeah, yeah. Seeing Donald Trump in there, it's like a breath of fresh air. Oh yeah. <laughs> well, I'm also really humor is fun for sure, and he's a funny guy. Uh, but the truth is also really interesting too, isn't it? Like how many? It's just like one holy shit moment after another. You know the stuff that's coming out. <laughs> <coughs> Pretty amazing. Have you followed Marine Le Pen at all? No, I've never even heard of her. Actually, she's the she's she's France's version of Trump. So she's the nationalist populist uh, running running for the presidency, and she's. I thought Trump was bold. This woman. <laughs> you should Google her, man. Uh, some video of her speaking at the Euro- European Parliament and just, oh, just kicking the EU right in the nuts. I mean, she is just bold, man. I actually um, watched a video today on YouTube. It was uh, Ben Stein on CNN bashing CNN and the media. And uh, it was he brought up an interesting point that I never thought of. Again, I'm not any kind of U.S. political follower or whatever, but uh, he mentioned that the media is doing to Donald Trump the same thing the media did to Richard Nixon, in that mm-hmm. Richard Nixon was one of the best presidents around. He did all kinds of good things, but as soon as he got into one little shady deal, they splattered them all over the place. Yeah. Yep. Yep, that's like, what they're trying to do to Trump. But being as how I don't follow American politics, I really didn't know much about Nixon except the old, I'm not a crook. I just thought, oh, Watergate or whatever, <laughs> he's a bad guy. But I, I wasn't even aware of all the things he actually did that nobody talked about. Yeah. Yeah, it kind of makes you want to go back and review uh, past presidents. Yeah, or maybe not, but <laughs> but yeah, I mean the the other um, 
distinction that's coming out into the open is it's really not so much left versus right anymore. It's I mean the real the real game is globalist versus uh, nationalist. That's the real war that's going on. It was uh, strange to me that it, I mean of course the Democrats would be attacking Trump. But then you had the Republicans attacking him too, and I'm like, "What's going on with that?" You know. <laughs> yeah. And then, but you, a lot of the Republicans are in the pockets of, uh, you know, guys like George Soros, the big globalist guys who are pushing for the, you know, one big world super government. Yeah, that was another thing uh, I thought was funny about about Trump and his tweets is uh, I don't remember who it was or what the city was but I don't know if it was uh, it might have been a governor somewhere I don't remember what it was but the guy was bashing Donald Trump on uh, Twitter so Donald Trump sent a message back saying uh, yeah well uh, your area is not doing so good right now either I wouldn't talk I think you should focus on cleaning up your uh, little neck of the woods down there and then he go and do research, and he was actually 100% right. It was a ridiculous unemployment rate and yeah. know, all kinds of bad things. Like, you got a right to talk to me? <laughs> right. He's like, yeah, mind your own business and clean up your own house. <laughs> That's right. Yeah, I think Trump's a really sharp guy. Knows what he's doing. But yeah, he doesn't have anyone writing to watch his... him work. Yeah, he doesn't have anyone writing his speeches. He's not reading off a teleprompter. Like he's just one of those guys that doesn't seem as fake as everyone else. Yeah. Well, he's not. I mean, you contrast Trump with Clinton. Mm-hmm. Jesus, I saw Clinton's face come across Facebook. Hillary's face, like she's back on the scene. She was making some speech, which I couldn't even bear to listen to. But uh, just seeing her, it's like, Triggered me, man, big time. Triggered my post-traumatic stress. It's <laughs> <laughs> terrible. But she's like, um, she's the definition of of a of fake, you know, fake politician. Yeah, I don't she's see. Pol- she's the polar opposite of a guy like Trump. Yeah, I don't I see it. I don't say this about too many people, but I will say that Hillary is just pure evil. Yeah. Yep. Yep, she sure seems to be. And it seems like um, they're still going to be chasing her down on on that stuff, which I would love to see. I would love to see them go to jail. Yeah, I don't like wishing bad things upon people, but I I I hope Hillary goes to jail. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like if anybody well, deserves yeah, it, it's her. Yeah, I agree. I mean, it's not good to wish bad things upon people, but I, but I think really what I'm wishing for is accountability. Yeah, uh, I, I, I there really there really needs to be accountability. Uh, we're severely, we've been severely missing that for a long time. Yeah, that's one of the reasons why I can justify saying I hope she goes to jail. It's not that I'm really, 
in a way I am, but it's not that I'm wishing bad things to happen to her. I'm just hoping that she gets what she justly deserves. Bingo. Yep, because it would be wrong if she didn't. You know, if she were allowed to skate free after having <laughs> done what she's done, that would be, that, you know, that'd be wrong. There's got to be justice there. Well, I, would I don't say, think any would disagree with that. I would say if anybody on the planet was aware that a terrorist attack was going to happen, any kind of terrorist attack, they have a duty and obligation to say something. You bet. So, if it, if so her being a high-ranking government official, if she can allow people to get killed and not say a word to anyone, she deserves it more than anyone. Yep. Yep, I mean, she may as well be an accomplice. She well, is an accomplice. Well, she's an accomplice in just about everything she's been accused of. Yeah. Like just that whole sneaky email scam using her own personal email so she gets to delete them using her own personal email for top secret documents. Like what a load of crap. Yeah, didn't she do that to avoid FOIA liabilities, Freedom of Information Act? Well, the thing, is, the thing is when she took office, she got a, a email given to her by the White House. It was her work email. And her yeah. work email was to be used for all work-related stuff. But she used her private email to do government work, so she has the right to delete all her own emails. That's why she did it. She'd rather take the heat for deleting the emails than having the emails read by everybody. <laughs> yeah, I mean, not to mention to give the entire world access, whoever she's working for, access to her, you know, communications. I mean, private email servers. An unsecured server is not secure. <laughs> it's like an invitation to yeah, come check, you know, to the world to come check it out. That's another thing funny, too, about the, uh, the, the alleged Russian hacking. I, I don't remember. I think it was, I don't know if it was the CIA or not, but there was, there was two government agencies that said, oh, yeah, we got good reason to believe that the Russians were the ones that hacked. But it's never actually been confirmed. And the whole world's treating it like it actually happened. Yeah, right. Like there's really no evidence to support the fact that it was the Russians. It's just a guess. Well, I think the whole concept of, of, of actually requiring evidence, is that that's, I think that's going to be a new concept for a lot of people. Yeah, just just the whole concept of evidence. Um, but not only that, I just read today. Have you read any of the, the uh, latest WikiLeaks dump? Uh, I'm not 8, sure. 8,000, Vault 7, I think it's called. 8,000 more um, secret documents that were leaked over to WikiLeaks. But in one of them, it talks about... Uh, a program that was able to mimic um, uh, foreign hacking. So in other words, the CIA can, can actually 
be the ones performing the hack, but they can do it in such a way to make it look like it was the Russians. <clears throat> yep. Wouldn't surprise me. Yeah, putting the Russian fingerprint on the, you know, whatever, however they do it. Yeah, it wouldn't surprise me at all. But it's amazing the just the unveiling that's happening. I think people all over the world are like, oh, jeez. You know? <laughs> Their eyes are being opened, which is a brilliant thing. Yeah, like, I think uh, um, that alone will will create massive massive change. Yeah, I, I, think. I think it's I think it's because the people are getting pushed way too hard, way too fast. Like if you slowly increase taxes little bit by little bit, nobody seems to notice or care, but when you get a huge tax increase, everybody freaks out. Mhm. So you got the taxes, you got the terrorism, you got the scandals, you got everything. People have just had enough. Like it's affecting everybody all the time now. Yeah. Yep. But it also makes me laugh that the people that Hillary are screwing over are the ones that are defending her. It doesn't make any sense. She's screwing everybody. Yeah. Well, they don't want to wind up dead. <laughs> How many people are on the Clinton hit kill list? I don't know. <laughs> like, I think it's hundreds at this point. Deaths like that are closely linked. I don't know, but yeah. That's, yeah, it's another <clears throat> another that's thing. That's a level that... of evil, man. That's chief. No wonder these people have so much power. I mean, when you're when you're known to be that evil, evil and that capable of evil without giving it a second thought, I mean, that's powerful. <laughs> people will, not, you know, they just won't mess with that. Whatever you want, Hillary. Well, another thing I think is ridiculous is after Obama lost, he still had the authority to grant pardons to as many people as he wants. And he let a whole bunch of people go for a whole bunch of bad stuff. Yep. Like murderers, pedophiles, like all kinds, like uh, people involved in espionage, like a whole bunch of serious shit. And he just pardoned them all. Yeah, that's interesting. And it's also, I don't remember ever hearing him publicly denounce the writing that was going on, you know, that continues to go on. Nor Hillary. Yeah. That's interesting. I mean, they're writing in their name, oh, Obama, our, our leader, our master, he's, he's the great one. And, I mean, certainly they'd probably listen to the guy, right? Yeah. So he would have a lot of power in 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 publicly, you know, denouncing that but I never heard it <laughs> nope <laughs> yeah. well all he has to do is remain silent and it's a revenge that he doesn't have to do yeah yep yeah and I suppose it's <clears throat> it's just it's just incredibly destabilizing and it's all organized 
<clears throat> I know yep. you probably heard that most of these writers are they're paid. Yep. And paid well and thirty dollars an hour to go out and you know. Well that's another thing. <clears throat> it I just recently well not really recently, but not too long ago I just finally found out that the uh quote unquote black block or whatever they call it. They're just rioters. They got nothing better to do. They show up at every ride. It doesn't matter what the cause is. Yeah. Like if, yeah. if Donald not... Trump won, Donald Trump won, so they came out and rioted. But if Hillary won, they would have came out and rioted. Like they're not for or against anything. They're just for rioting. Right. I, we yeah. just want to. We just want to wear black masks and smash windows all night. That's right. Yeah, we're we're for the thirty dollars an hour we're getting. I mean, what a deal! And we're for that. And um, and we're angry. And this is going to be great. We can. <laughs> how many of these? How many of these people do you suppose are just mentally ill homeless people right off the street? Well, I think I I don't know if it's true or not, but I think I remember hearing the G eight summit or whatever. All the black block guys were wearing like police issue boots and all kinds of oh. stuff. <laughs> oh shit! <laughs> oh, yeah. I mean, I'm getting to the point where nothing really surprises me anymore. No, I. I mean, I, I I'm, sh- I'm sure I'll continue to be surprised, but it's, I'm going to be like, God, I'm surprised, and yet I'm not surprised. Yeah, I've gotten the habit of calling bullshit on everything, and I'm usually right when I actually research it. <laughs> yeah. Sometimes I'm mildly surprised, but it's mostly, uh, I just think to myself, oh, man, this is too funny. <laughs> yeah. Huh. Like, I don't know, I think... Um, I think we should just try and wake each other up, give them the opportunity of snapping out of it or whatever, but I don't really see the point in getting involved too much because if it's God's plan, it's God's plan. Let it go. Who am I to interfere with what he's doing? Yeah. Well, yep, and at the same time, he does work through us. So... I well, I don't know how much you know about. The, I don't know how much you know about the Bible, but you read Isaiah, Daniel, Revelation. Like, there's all kinds of prophecies all through the Bible, and they're slowly coming true, one by one by one. Yikes! Yep. Well, how does it turn out? That's <laughs> uh, pretty ugly if you're on the wrong team. <laughs> I bet. Yeah, yeah, apparently if you're one of the good ones, then they'll be uh they'll be uh famine, sickness, wars and everything else, and then there'll be a time of peace. And then I think the idea is that there's supposed to be an antichrist coming. And the Antichrist will be like a wolf in sheep's clothing. And he's going to be real charismatic and he's going to captivate the world and he's going to get all kinds of warring nations to sign peace treaties and everything. 
and then right away he's going to renege on the deal. And then God's going to call all his children home and the rest of the people are going to go through the tribulation where there's complete and utter chaos and destruction. So I don't know if you uh, see the you see the moon turn red. That's supposed to be a sign. Uh, I can't remember all of them. There's a bunch of little warnings here and there before the shit hits the fan. Uh. Yeah, there was something interesting I watched on YouTube a while ago. I watched a couple of videos on it, but. Uh, <clears throat> Google September 13th, 2017. It's got to do with uh, the stars and everything. In the Bible, when God created the sun and the moon, he said that they are uh, for seasons and signs, which is why people look in the heavens for for like astrology and everything to make predictions yeah. in that. But... Um, there's some big thing uh, 2,000 years before Jesus was born. I forget what the event was, but a new star formed in the heavens. And it was a bright star, and it lasted for two years, and it went away. And then the day Jesus was born, 2,000 years later, that star came back for two years, and it was known as the Bethlehem star. And apparently, on, I think, September 23rd, which is another 2,000 years later, that star is going to be back. And there's the constellation Virgo, which means virgin. And above her head, there's another star constellation. I forget what it is, but it's got nine stars. But in the Bible, it talks about the virgin is going to wear a crown of 12 stars. And apparently it hmm. never happened in in recorded history, but Mercury, Mars, and Venus are going to be in line and right above Virgo, which makes the 12 stars. And then this every 2,000-year star is going to pass through the, wo- the womb of the Virgin and come out between her legs out of the womb and there's mm. going to be a dragon, a red dragon, at her feet waiting to devour the baby when it comes out. Which is a little bit creepy. What's the red dragon? Um, I don't know if I found out or if I forgot, but I'm not sure what the red dragon is. But apparently this has never happened in history. It's just a coincidence that this 2,000-year star is going to pass through the womb of the Virgin and exit between her legs. At the same time, Mercury, Mars, and Venus are going to show up in line above the, above Virgo to make the 12-starred crown. Wow. So if you see that happen on September 23rd, you can pretty much bet that some crazy shit's going to happen real soon. Jeez. <laughs> Hopefully Donald Trump isn't the charismatic antichrist. <laughs> yeah. Well, his eyes seem a little dark, don't they? 
Well, he does have a shifty pass, too. Yeah. I mean, it seems like, you know, you you, you can't get to that level of, you can't become a, a, a multi-billionaire without, yeah. I don't know, or, or can you? I don't know. It doesn't seem likely. It seems like when you get into at that at that level, you could only get there if you're uh, you know in the club. Yeah, you gotta no, so to speak. You got, yeah, you gotta because, be a bit of a shark to make big money. Yeah, but also a society member, mm-hmm. right? Well, I, um, one I don't thing. Think- one thing that makes me a little unsure about Trump is uh, he seems to have a whole bunch of uh, Zionist Jews working with him. Uh-huh. But on the other hand, he's been a businessman his whole life, and he's in politics now. So yeah. there's no way of, of avoiding it. Who, who's running all the money? Who's running all the politics? So you can't really fault him for that, I guess. Yeah, and there's also the idea of keeping your enemies very, very close. Mm -hmm. I don't know if that's what he's thinking, but there's certainly wisdom in that. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, crazy. I don't know. It just makes me want to buy an ocean-going catamaran and... Head out to sea or something. Yeah, I don't remember where all the places are, but I watched a YouTube video once where the guy was uh, assessing the safest possible places in the world to go in case everything happens. Yeah? What did he say? I don't really remember, but there was a... There was a like the lower places on the list were places that weren't very inhabitable, like really cold climate or not a lot of animals or not a lot of plants. And yeah, some of them, they were getting better and better, but I don't really remember any of them. Some of them were like tropical islands. Some of them were kind of remote. Some of them were a little bit remote, but they had lots of plants and lots of animals, moderate climate. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Well, personally, I like to believe that everything's going to be just fine. <laughs> yeah, I think I think things are going to have to get really ugly before they get good. Yeah. Yeah, you can't really imagine the... The globalists just saying, okay, you win. And, you know, it's not likely going to happen. Well, another uh, scary thing to think about is um, the UN. I didn't really realize it, but um, the idea of the United Nations, it's a world army of Uh quote-unquote peacekeepers. But whenever there's a war and the UN gets involved, 90% of the troops are U.S. soldiers. And international law trumps national law. 
so, that means the Constitution doesn't mean anything when the UN says something. So now, another thing to think about is now you don't have to go through the rules of war before you declare war on another country. And they don't call them wars anymore. They call them occupations or conflicts. But anybody can circumvent the Constitution anytime they want by getting the United Nations involved. Because the United Nations aren't really peacekeepers. They're going in and they're destabilizing nations. Mm. Huh. Another, another funny thing is, well, I guess it's not really funny, but uh, like look at the Iraq war. Obviously, that was a big load of shit to begin with. They knew there was no weapons of mass destruction. And they said, oh, he's got weapons of mass destruction. And they couldn't find any. So they said, oh, well, well, maybe he didn't have any weapons of mass destruction. But he's still wearing women. He's still making women wear burqas there. And then it was a complete disaster. And then they pulled out and they didn't even get the oil. Now all the oil is going straight to China. Like, nothing good came out of that war. Nothing. Right. And obviously, they made sure that... They made sure that they didn't get rid of the Taliban or anything like that, so they can still have the Taliban destabilizing Iraq and all the countries around it. They can pay the Taliban to go other places, and they're funding ISIS and the Fatwa and whatever they call it, and it's just a big joke. Yeah. <clears throat> but <clears throat> isn't destabilization generally uh, a, a pro, a good thing for um, uh, a super government endgame? Well, I think a good thing is to uh, keep your big mouth shut and keep your nose out of other people's business before you attract terrorism on American soil. Yeah. But here's Here's a good idea. We're going to fight for American peace by going on the other side of the planet and blowing up brown people that live in a desert. <laughs> right. Like, who's protecting me by stirring up the terrorists and making myself a target? Yeah, well, it makes you wonder what the, what the uh, actual um, motive is. Well, another thing, too, is I don't know how much you know about the Iran-Iraq war, but that time, George Bush was best friends with with Saddam. They're oil tycoons and business partners. And everything was uh, good while Saddam was getting screwed. And then when Saddam said, you know what? I don't think I'm going to sell barrels of oil for American money. I think we're going to sell it for Iraqi dinars. And I don't think we're going to give our oil to the Americans for next to free anymore. I think we're going to actually make them pay for it. Yeah. And then so they went in and said, oh, you killed 195 of your own people, so we got to hang you. But what they don't mention is before that incident happened, during the Iran-Iraq war, the United States flew over and mapped out the Iranian trenches. And then they gave Saddam a map of the trenches, gave them all the ingredients for nerve gas, gave them the instructions and all the stuff to deploy it. So Saddam didn't even have to go to war. He just dumped a bunch of gas in the trenches and called it a day. 
hundreds, hundreds and thousands of Iranian soldiers got gassed to death, straight up genocide, and nobody said a frickin' word. But as soon as he kills 195 of his own people, they got to hang him for that. Yeah. It's just a big joke. All of it's a big joke. People are dying yep. over it, but it's funny to them. And there's still it's it's so the, the 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 part that's just so amazing to me that I it, the the inhumanity of it it's what goes through my head is that that's a level of evil that is just kind of incomprehensible. It, the inhumanity is it, just so it just seems like impossible for people to you know, to operate like that, but it's funny how fast money will desensitize you. I guess so. But here's another thing that's funny is, uh, I think it was like the 1880s or 1890s or somewhere around there. Queen Victoria was the, the inventor of the opium trade. Um, she owned Hong Kong. And I'm not sure if she owned Afghanistan or if they just took it over for her pleasure. But she took over Afghanistan because that's where all the poppy fields were. And so she, Queen Victoria would take all the poppies from uh, Afghanistan, send it to Hong Kong, where it would get turned into opium and heroin, and then it was distributed around the world from there. Then a bunch of decades later, the United States goes there. They go and invade Afghanistan yeah. for whatever stupid reasons they had. Mm-hmm. But funny thing, all this, all these years later, you see pictures of Afghanistan, and all you see is American soldiers with guns protecting the the, the dope. Yeah, that's the only Bobby reason they killed. went there. Yeah, well, they got oil and dope. We're in. Jesus, why do you think uh, why do you think heroin's everywhere now? Why do you think there's a big uh, what do they call that um, oxycotton? It's an opium derivative. Why do you think the big boom in heroin all over the planet now? Because the Americans got yeah. the poppy fields. So oxycotton is essentially heroin. Yeah, it's a heroin derivative of some sort. Yeah. I've seen guys on that shit, and it's, <laughs> oh, man, it's not good. Yeah, there's all kinds wow. of other, other stuff, like um, like for the longest time, the there was two major weapons manufacturers and exporters, which was U.S. and Russia. And then now, guess who jumped in the game? Israel. Israel's making weapons now and selling them to other countries. So mm-hmm. if the United States and Russia and Israel stopped making and selling guns, what do you think would happen to the war industry? Yeah. It, would drop like a, it would drop like a ton of bricks, at least for a while. Yeah, I don't suppose anyone else really has that technology or that kind of that kind of money and network 
it would take a while to build up something like that, especially when you've bombed the living shit out of every country anyway. Oh, man. God help us. Interesting times. You still there, Mike? Hello? I just got dropped. I had to call back in.
Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.